It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, boys down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Thanks for staying tuned to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. And I have served repeatedly as Superior Court Special Master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, lawyers, and activists appear to inform you about governmental actions shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with differing points of view without being attacked to tell you about how they think the laws can be improved, even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. In the last hour, Mike Nolan and I had a chance to talk about the importance of the 232nd anniversary on December 15th of the Bill of Rights being ratified and added to your U.S. Constitution. Read that inspired Bill of Rights with your loved ones this holiday season. Last week, I interviewed Christy and Evan Bishop about their farm-to-table holiday offerings at the Black Market Cheese Company. Oh, yum. That was fun. I also questioned Taylor Taff about his candidacy for Slow City Council. If you missed any of that, you can log into KNews. 985.com. That's K N E W S 985.com for the podcasts. This hour, I am so very pleased to bring Peter Keith to talk about his long service in and for the city of Grover Beach, along with the history and development of Grover Beach and the five cities. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thank you. Now, Peter, you you know I've I've known of you for decades in this county. Are you originally from San Luis County? No, actually I was born in San Francisco and raised in Napa. Napa? On the poor side of town. (laughs) There is a poor side to every town. Right right next to the railroad tracks. (laughs) And and how did you make your way to San Luis Obispo County? Well, it's pretty simple, basically. I I went to Vietnam as a combat troop Mm -hmm. uh, and sniper, and when I came back, I just wasn't the same guy that I was Uh, when I was in school, Uh and I wanted to escape that. And so I was a psychiatric technician at Imola State Hospital. Where is that? That's in Napa. Okay. Strange name. It's actually Italian. Okay. Uh, I had an opportunity to come down here and either work at uh, at CMC or at uh, Atascadero State Hospital. And? And I chose... Uh, Atascadero State Hospital. Okay. And first moved to Shell Beach, right next to the ocean. Oh, yeah. And subsequently bought a property a year later in then Grover City. Now, what year was that? Oh, my gosh. I think that was 1973. Okay. Long time ago. Uh, Well, by that time, Shell Beach was part of Pismo Beach, I think, by the 1970s. 
No. 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 It was a it was a city, an incorporated city. Okay. Okay. And eventually, Pismo and Shell Beach merged. Yes, they did. And, and that's a more contemporary thing. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, you weren't involved in that, I imagine. Not at all. Okay. Okay. No. But I'll give you a little background on that, if you would like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Pismo Beach was the predominant predominant municipality. Yes. Uh, and when the geographics were divided up, uh, Pismo got all the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when you say good stuff, what did they get? Well, I mean, they got the Butterfly Grove. Uh-huh. Uh, they got to name the beach. Mm-hmm. They um, got Fourth and uh, the and the freeway. There are a series of motels there now. Yes, and we, other businesses. So Pismo gets all the. Uh, TOT or the temporary That's occupancy it. tax. Very sharp. That's exactly it. Yeah. Plus the sales tax mm-hmm. and property tax. Mm-hmm. And, and Grover City at the time was um, more of a, it was a very, very much so a working man's community, and the housing was often less than desirable. Well, well, you know, one of the things I remember vividly as a child when I would come here to visit my grandparents in Shell Beach from New Mexico, and later, uh, even much later, when uh, when I lived here, uh, is you'd be driving on Route 1, and you'd turn to go into the city of Grover City, mm-hmm. and there was this arch, a wooden arch across the entrance to town that had uh, D.W. Grover's face on it, <laughs> and it said, the city of Grover City, home of the common man. Yes. And uh, so it, it really was a uh, was a working man's town. Very much so. Uh, I think in these contemporary times, most people don't know about that or mm-hmm. simply don't remember that. Yeah. Grover Beach has changed considerably. Would it surprise you if I told you that the original name for today's Grover Beach was Manhattan Beach in the 1800s? That does surprise me. Wow. Surprises a lot of people. <laughs> and. <laughs> And, and did they have to change the name because their mail kept getting confused with Manhattan Beach in Orange County? You know, I'm not, I'm not exactly <laughs> certain, but I think that probably had something to do with it. Uh-huh. But that's what D.W. Grover named it. Uh-huh. And, of course, back in those days, in the 1800s, he was bringing people from San Francisco and Los Angeles by rail here. Of course. To buy property in then uh, Manhattan Beach and subsequently Grover City. And in those days, did people, if they were getting off the train, did they get off in what's now Oceano, or did they get off in what's now Grover Beach? I don't know the answer to that, but there was okay. not a rail station in Grover Beach mm-hmm. until much, much later. That that happened in the 1980s. Yes. I, I, I remember when that happened, and I thought it was a great advance. It was. And I think we can, can, we can thank... Tom Sullivan, who subsequently has passed away, but uh-huh. he was a brilliant man. He made huge, huge differences in the community, along with a lot of help from council members and community members, etc. But a lot of that was uh, were his ideas. Well, folks, we're having a discussion with former councilman and mayor of the city of Grover Beach, Peter Keith. Now, now Peter, um, did you have something to do with changing the name from the city of Grover City to the city of Grover Beach? Yes. Tell us about that. Okay. The way that came around was um, 
it was a fellow named Tom Karsh. His, his last name has just escaped me. Hoffman. Tom Hoffman. He was sort of put up to come to the face the dais and say, you know, the city of Grover C- City is somewhat repetitive, and I think we ought to change that. <laughs> and <laughs> it, it always did sound funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just rather repetitive. Um, he might have been put up to uh, say something about that, but one can never be truly sure. <laughs> so this, <laughs> you put him up to it, didn't you? The city council, <laughs> the city council uh, discussed that, put it on the agenda, and subsequently actually changed the name with a goodly amount of of conversation. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to change it. Actually, there were several recommendations. My favorite, to tell you the truth, uh-huh. was uh, Monarch Grove. Even though the Monarch Grove is not located specifically in, in Grover Beach, but it's quite famous. Yes. And it would have been a good name. Uh, but we did think that doing that and change the entirety of that name might not be the best if we wanted to maintain some, maintain some sort of um, of the past and that, so it eventually became Grover Beach, oh. identifying the beach, not and not just a small community, but the beach sure. in large. So what happened was we voted in favor unanimously of changing the name, and two very prominent citizens came, approached the dais uh, in a subsequent meeting and said, we don't think that five indiv- elected individuals should actually be the ones to change the name of the community. That's a really big deal. Everyone has to change their return address, businesses, individuals, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, that's and a lot of work for people. And there's going to be some complication there. Yeah. And we think that the electorate should have a say in this. And we subsequently agreed and put it on the ballot. As I recall, it uh, it passed by ninety seven votes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a it was a, a nail biter. It was for yeah. a while. Again, yeah. I really would have liked to have seen it become uh, Monarch Grove, but that's not going to happen. And it's yeah. not there's not going to be another name change no. for a long, long time, if ever, if ever. And um, now the uh, when were you first elected to the city council in Grover Beach? Hmm. I think it was in the late 80s. Okay. I have... I went to uh, Smart Voter, and it said... Of course, this was for another election. It might You may have been on the city council much earlier. You were running in 1996 to... Uh, and you were... You were mayor in 1999, according to the that is smart voter. That's correct. I, were you uh, were you on it earlier than that? You did a lot of other things, I noticed, on this uh, biography. Yeah, I was quite involved in the community, in South County in particular. Yeah. You were chair of the Grover City Wine Art Festival in 1987, it looks like. Indeed. <laughs> and I founded the uh, the Dune Run Run, which is a, uh, a race, a uh, 5K and 10K race uh, uh-huh. running through the dunes and a 5K walk, which is still ongoing. And I founded uh, what we then called the Grover Beach, Eth- or Grover, Grover Beach Ethnic Street Fair. We subsequently changed the name. 
Is that the Stone Soup? It is there? today the Stone Soup okay. Music Festival. I founded uh-huh. that, uh-huh. along with the help, of course, of a lot of people. Oh, yes. And it's become, it's become quite successful over the years. I'm, I'm very proud of it. It's very popular, and I've, I've been to it a number of times. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's a lot of fun, frankly. Now, the, uh, the city of Grover Beach, uh, is there any part of Grover Beach that does not touch on another community uh, on the borders? Uh, no. So it borders on, on Oro Grande, mm-hmm. Oceano, which is an unincorporated right. community, and Pismo Beach. And on the other side, of course, is uh, the ocean. Yes. <laughs> the whales. The whales. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the uh, We had a guest on, in fact, we had Charles Varney on and uh, I think Ms. Austin on from uh, the community of Oceano yes. uh, a few months ago. And uh, that was at a time when there was a suggestion that maybe Oceano and um, Grover Beach should merge. And, and I think that suggestion has been made several times over the last number of decades. Um, can, can you tell us about the first time that you you heard about something like that or thought that, about that? That was back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh-huh. Uh, it was never particularly popular in the community of Oceano. Yeah. Um, and there was some doubt whether it would be very popular and doable in the community of Grover City or Grover Beach. Right. Um, Oceano has its own particular um, added political attitudes, mm-hmm. and they prefer to govern themselves as a subordinate to the county. And there's a lot of controversy within that community. I, I'm not a part of that community, and I yeah. don't feel like I'm um, real qualified to talk about that necessarily. I know what goes on and has gone on mm-hmm. in Grover Beach and other communities, but uh, and and. You know, my, my grandfather was in Shell Beach. We'd come to visit him, and he, he worked real hard to get Shell Beach and Pismo to merge, he told me. Um, and he'd always thought that all of the cities, uh, of the five cities, in those days the five cities was Shell Beach, Pismo Beach, Oceano, Grover City, and Royal Grande. Um, he always thought, each of them was too small to have a fire department or to have uh, a good police department or, you know, uh, integrated sewer and water systems. Um, what has stopped the five cities over the years from being able to uh, come together as one community? It has in some ways. Has it? Yes. There's the fire, there's the, the, the uh, uh, fire department that uh, serves several communities. Yeah. Um, the police departments, of course, are separate. The political entities are separate. I, I think people that live in various communities like the individualism. They mm-hmm. like to be able to to know who their leaders are in small communities, and be, and become involved in that rather than consolidate entirely. Okay, and uh, that's a fair thing. Every every town has its own character. Indeed, and let's remember that there are people who are born educated. Uh, married and, and and suffer death in those communities, and yeah. that becomes more integral with families. Sure. So they have a, a civic pride. Yeah, which is well deserved. Indeed. The the uh, that does make for some complications uh, in the sense that uh, the only way that 
working together, these cities can have a unified fire department, for instance, is to have a, a uh, joint powers agreement. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and authority. And set up a independent authority that they all have some influence on. Uh, has has that, uh, in your experience, has that raised complications uh, or problems? Or ha- has it got benefits? Well, I think there are negatives and positives on both sides. Yeah. Um, try and find people that agree. <laughs> in, the, in the political environment that we live in today, uh, even though there's an awful lot of this that is repetitive, uh, as long as I think people, families, uh, residents feel like they can afford to have that kind of duplication, they're going to keep it. Yeah. And uh, now the recently there was a uh, 218 uh, issue, uh, that's Proposition 218, where uh, folks can object to an increase in fees, uh, like water fees or sewer fees, uh, which happened in Grover Beach this last week. Um, that, that That's related to a joint powers agreement between Grover Beach and Arroyo Grande and um, Pismo Beach. Yes. Uh, and um, what what did you see? I mean, I don't know if you were involved in that. Did you was see, not. see uh, any of the influences or the, the uh, coverage of that? You know, I, I think you may know more about that than I do. Okay. I'd like to give you a very sophisticated, long answer, but I don't have it. <laughs> okay, that's that's fair enough. Well, now, um, when you were on the city council, you were elected mayor. Uh, in those days, the city council elected the mayor themselves, didn't they? Yes. And, and did you have something to do with changing uh, the way Grover Beach uh, worked so that the, there was a separate elected I did mayor? not, because that came after my term. Okay. And I was elected for a four-year term mm-hmm. and not elected when I re-ran for two years. After two years, I ran again, and I was subsequent, subsequently re-elected. And then my rotation came right. as mayor, which I thoroughly enjoyed. I absolutely loved it. Uh-huh. I'm getting a little older, and I don't think I'm going to run for another office. I, th- I had thought about running for supervisor, yeah. and at one of the... Uh, um, Festivals that we had, there were a number of people that approached me, and they had already made up roles of stickers oh, wow. uh, with Peter Keith for supervisor uh, and the district on them. And I just I I threw some cold water on it. There's no doubt you're popular. Uh, my wife and I went to a uh, event at the uh, Clark Center about a month ago, and uh, of course they were announcing that. Peter and Carol Keith had both donated uh, something, and the entire place went up in cheers. Really? Yes. Well, I wasn't there. You weren't there. We 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 missed having you there. Yeah, we uh, we have contributed to the Clark Center as a couple, a mm-hmm. family, mm-hmm. for since a few years actually before it opened. Well, that that was a uh, a wonderful addition to the South County. Uh, what do you remember about uh, how that came to be? Well, uh, you can thank uh, Clifford and Mary Lee Clark. Yeah. That was their vision, and they were determined to make that happen. And they put together a coalition of people to help make that happen, make donations, et cetera, et cetera. They really got it off the ground. It was their vision. It was their baby. They wanted to make it happen. And they, they selected uh, from the community a lot of influential people, and folks who subsequently knew people who had money or had money themselves to perpetuate this thing. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just having this conversation with someone the other day about how wonderful, actually it was yesterday, at the Clark Center, about how wonderful the theater is. And they subsequently not just have a, uh, a seasoned program, but they've now added other performances to it, which is you know, a lot of really, really good programs that aren't included in the seasonal ticket. And my wife and I have contributed, I think, a rather substantial amount of time, energy, and money uh, to that organization. I was a, a part of that a couple of years before it was before construction actually started. I'm very, very proud of that. I think you should be. And, and it was clear to me that you know, there were a lot of folks who had um, provided money to the Clark Center, but uh, you and Carol were the only ones who got a chair out of the entire crowd. Really? Yeah, that was... Uh, Lots That's of folks applauded everybody else, but uh, it was clear that Peter <laughs> Keith was uh, well known. That's very satisfying, and yeah, uh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I wish I had been there. Um, the theater has made such a difference in the community. Mm-hmm. It's our theater, and the theater has made such grand progress. We've, of course, progressed through any number of executive directors and board members, etc. Um, I actually sat as vice president on the association, the original association, subsequently as vice president of uh, the foundation. As a member of the foundation, myself and other members actually terminated the foundation because it wasn't needed any longer. The association took over and uh, grabbed the ball and just kept running with it. They're just doing such a fabulous job. The performances at that theater are professional. Very professional, very good. An extraordinary level of professionalism. Indeed. So, and, and I guess the high school kids get to perform there too. They the do. Week. Not only in the black box theater, which is the small theater within mm-hmm. a theater, yeah. but also in the primary theater. And initially, there was a lot of controversy about whether that that facility should or should not be built on school property. Mm-hmm. Subsequently, it was built on school property, but it doesn't feel like it might be a part of a high school, which is not a bad thing, but I think if you want separation and you want you want authority and you want the public's participation in large part, I don't, I don't think they want to feel like it's uh, a high school thing. Right, right. I understand. Well, folks, this is your host, Stu Jenkins, with Slow County Public Policy and the Law. Stay tuned after this hard break. We're going to have more discussion with former Mayor Peter Keith about Grover Beach and the South County. 